Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The volume. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Draymond Green Show. We are live on Amp, and it is post-game seven. And you have the Boston Celtics losing to the Miami Heat at home. Miami headed to the NBA Finals, uh, congratulations to the Miami Heat uh, and the Denver Nuggets. Uh, two teams headed to the NBA Finals. Uh, Denver Nuggets have had an incredible season. Miami Heat has had an up-and-down season. But when it all said and done, it does not matter, except for what you do at the end. Boston Celtics had an incredible season, but when it's all said and done, does not matter because of what you did at the end. and. Um, quite frankly, before we get into all of this, uh, we, we will talk the game. We'll talk a little final stuff. Um, but I must say, it did not hurt me to watch the Boston Celtics fans suffer. Um, those people were really rude to me last year, and <laughs> I like to see them suffer. <laughs> quite frankly, uh, when I was sitting there watching the game, I was just sitting there like, wow. Like the last four or five minutes, you up 18 points. And I was just sitting there like, man, like that feels so good. Like, because you got to think, when you're up 18 points, 19 points, 21 points, 23 points, with four minutes to go, like you're just counting down the clock. Like, to get to the end of the game. And it's like every rebound you get, like every shot they miss, like it just feels good. And so 
as I'm sitting there watching that, I'm like, wow, that feels amazing. Like, I know it feels amazing. Like, it has. And it does. And quite frankly, for the second year in a row, in a big closeout game, the Boston fans suffered. Now, as you all know, we always talk about this. We have a Boston fan who puts this show together. Like, yes, I come on here. Yes, I talk. Yes, I do my thing. But the guy behind it, like, making the magic really happen is Jackson. And Jackson, as you all know, is a Boston Celtics fan. And Jackson, as you all could guess right now, is heartbroken. And he's heartbroken because the Boston Celtics are who we thought they were. They got to the moment and they did not look like they were ready for the moment. All of a sudden, all the shots were short again. Um, All of a sudden, uh, they looked like they couldn't play basketball with their left hand again. Um, All of a sudden, they looked like exactly who we thought they were. Now, quite frankly, the first thing I said, and you can imagine what I said, right? Like, I'm watching and I'm like, wow. They look like it's game one in a regular season. Wow. They look like they looked in the closeout game last year. Wow. And so you have to, like, you start to question, like, does that become your MO, right? Like, when it gets tough, what do you do? And so let's think about this. Like, if you think back through the series, in every game that mattered, and now when I say matter. I mean, it mattered for them, like, where the pressure was on them, like, they were supposed to win. They actually lost, except game six, right? Like, game six mattered. Game six, they had to win. Um, Not sure what the odds are as far as Vegas goes, but they went and won it. Like, they had to win. But if you think about, like, game one, they were supposed to win. They lost. Game two, Boston was supposed to win. They lost. Game three... You're like, all right, they went down 0-2. They lost 0-2. They're down 0-2, lost two games at home. So game three, they're going to win, right? They have to win. They lost. Game four, you're down 0-3. You got a free swing at it because you're supposed to lose then. You're supposed to get swept. You're down 0-3 on the road. They won. But it's actually a game they're supposed to lose, so it's no pressure. Then you go back home in game five and, like, yeah, you're supposed to win, but you're still down three to one, so it wins. Now, game six is tough, right? Like, you're going in game six, but you're rolling off the high of winning the last two games. But you're going into game six, and you're like, all right. And quite frankly, (laughs) we haven't talked about this, but they won on, like, a garbage buzzer beater at the last second. Give it Derek White credit. Like, he made the play. That's how it happened. That's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. But, like, they almost – they gave that game away. Up 10 with three minutes to go. Here, Miami, take it. They gift-wrapped Miami the game. Derek White. Um, Marcus Smart shot a, had a good look, too, by the way. Rattle in and out. And, you know, good fortune. Derek White got a tip in. So, you give him his credit. 
He also showed up tonight, by the way. He was one of the few that showed up tonight. Definitely give him his credit on tonight as well. But they actually should have lost game six. But I'm not one that uh, I'm not one of woulda, coulda, shoulda. You win, you win, you lose, you lose. Ain't no woulda, coulda, shoulda. We all woulda if we could have, like, don't matter. So they actually, however, should have lost game six, but they didn't. So you get it back home to game seven. And what does everybody say? Oh, they're going back home. Miami lost game six. It is over. I text one of my I I I text a friend earlier and I told a friend earlier, like, I I it would not shock me if if Boston go out here and choke. Because they're gonna go back home. They're gonna feel like, oh man, we home, and they're gonna feel like they won already. Like when I saw like, if, if, if I'm on Miami's team and I saw the way they were celebrating and, like, the things they were doing after game six, I'm immediately showing this to my teammates. Like, yo, look at these dudes. Like, they think they already won something. Like, let's go smack them. Like, because they already won. They th- Look at them. Like, look at their body language. So if they think they won already, we go smack them, catch them off guard, their toast. And so I was telling a friend earlier, like, yo, I think Miami going to win. Because Boston going to go back home and relax. Because, like, let's face it, that's the type of things that Boston has done over the last couple years. And so it it does become your MO. Like, now, let's get into the game and what actually happened. Number one, um, JT rolled his ankle on the first play. I get all of that. Um, you know, but if you stay in the game, you stayed in the game. And JT's not the type of guy that's going to make an excuse for that. So I'm not saying he's going to make an excuse. Um, Boston Celtics fan will make excuses. And I ain't hearing none of that shit because y'all rude. And I'm happy y'all lost. Uh, Boston Celtics fan, not happy JT lost. But Boston Celtics fans, especially those of you that are in that arena, <laughs> I'm happy y'all lost. Because... Like, stop being who you are. Like, like, stop being who you are. I've heard that before. But you know what I mean. Like, stop being the way that y'all are. Like, like at some point, you just can't be that way. So stop doing that. And you know what that is. I don't need to go into that. But anyway, so we know JT uh, rolled his ankle on the first play. Um, didn't have a good game. Wasn't quite aggressive. Uh, was gimpy the entire game. Jalen Brown struggled. Six for 22 from the field, eight turnovers. Um, In a game where Jason Tatum's beat up, um, you needed a a better game from Jalen Brown. Uh, You didn't get that. But I'm going to tell you, and this isn't a Jalen Brown thing. This This is just, I told you all before, stop with the, it's game seven, it's over, like, Game seven is game seven. And game seven brings out some of the worst in people. And I knew it would be a very tough night for the Celtics when Al Horford shot that three from the right corner and it hit the other side, bottom cushion of the backboard. That's hard to do. And, like, what things like that say to me like, when you see things like that, it's like, yo, getting a little tight. Like, all of a sudden, that shot ain't 
that easy anymore. Why? Because it's game seven. The lights are different. They're a little brighter. There's a few more eyes on the situation. It's a national holiday. Bunch of eyes on the situation. And when he shot that ball from the corner and that thing hit the other side of the backboard cushion, it ain't even like skin the other side. It hit like, that's a boom. Like, that's, a, that's that type of brick. When that happened, I said, oh, these boys are tight. So I thought Boston got really tight in the situation, and I was not shocked. I wasn't surprised because I've seen that in a situation before. Up close and personal, firsthand, in the garden. I've seen that very thing. So I was not surprised. Um, but in saying that, like, let's, like, talked about Jalen. Like, Jalen had a tough game. Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin averaged 19 on 60% shooting and 49% from three. Now, listen, I'm never mad at Jimmy Butler winning the conference finals MVP because Jimmy Butler is like Jimmy Butler. And quite frankly, none of this goes without Jimmy Butler. Like the Miami Heat, none of that works without Jimmy. Jimmy actually finished with 28, 6, and 7. Um, had a much better game today than he's had the past three. And like, Jimmy is their guy. We know that. Like, never taking anything away from Jimmy. Congrats to him on the award. I personally, if I had a vote, I personally was voting for Caleb Martin for MVP. I think he was extremely consistent across the board. I think he was really good across the board. And also, like, a part of me is like, yo, Jimmy Butler, like, Jimmy Butler carries his team, right? Like, they've been to the conference finals, what, three out of the last four years. So the thought is always that they'll get back there. And my thought with them always getting back there is like, Jimmy Butler's going to have another opportunity. Who's to say? Caleb Martin will probably never have another opportunity to win an MVP award like that. And quite frankly, like he earned it. Again, first, he earned if he won. I'm not saying Jimmy shouldn't have won, so let's not do that here. I don't roll like that, not hating on anything. But, it, like, he earned the right to be in that conversation. And so, for me, he would have had my vote. And quite frankly, I know the type of guy that Jimmy Butler is. Jimmy actually probably would have preferred Caleb Martin to get the MVP. That's just how Jimmy is. Like, Jimmy don't want to play in all-star games. Like, Jimmy, he just don't get off on all of that stuff. Like, he don't. That's just not the type of stuff. That, it just doesn't get Jimmy off. I, it, like, Jimmy wants to win and all of that. And like, yeah, play well, obviously great. Like, but he don't get off on all that stuff. And I know the type of person he is and the type of teammate that Jimmy is. I think he would have actually preferred to see Caleb, one of his young fellas who he's brought up. Like, I'm, I'm sure he, he would have preferred to see him win that award. I personally thought he deserved it. Um, again, not that he's just over Jimmy, but he played incredible. Average 19. Miami's adjustment was to insert him into the starting lineup. He continued that production, actually upped that production, uh, having 21 in game six and 26 tonight in game seven. Like, do you know how hard it is for, like, a Caleb Martin to go out and get 26 in game seven? It's not easy to show up in game seven. We saw that. 
Like, we see that and saw that from the other perspective. And what he's done the entire series. He's been the X factor the entire series. Defending. He, did, he hit JT with a couple moves a day. I'm like, yo, he's JT, JT. He hit the one where he went baseline, came out. Other side, right before the, the uh, third expired. Like, he, Caleb Martin looked really good. So, I don't want to take nothing from Jimmy away. Take anything away from Jimmy to give Caleb Martin his flowers. But Caleb Martin deserves his flowers. Showing up, stepping up to the challenge the way that he did defensively, offensively, type of guy he is. He's guarding JT. He's guarding Jalen Brown. Like, so he's not only doing it on the offensive end, he's doing it on the defensive end too. Oh, and by the way, I think two of the games this series, he had double-doubles. So he's also rebounding the basketball. And so, very impressed with Kayla Martin's game uh, to see him continue to play the way he's played. Duncan Robinson has shown up. Duncan Robinson is playing well. And I thought that was huge for them. Duncan Robinson had more layups this series than he probably had all year. Duncan, I, I, I can vividly remember Duncan Robinson having eight layups this series. And I'm sure he had more. Like, I can vividly remember eight. Duncan Robinson was incredible. Now, if you are the Celtics, what do you do next year? That's going to be the big question, right? The big question is going to be, oh, man, do you give Jalen the, 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 the extension that he's eligible for? Um, what do you do with that? Do you trade Jalen? Do you trade Smart? Um, what do you do? Quite frankly, I'm not one of, of like, just making, like, these decisions just because something don't go right because, quite frankly, it takes time to build a championship team. And what's this, JT's fifth year? Uh, sixth year for JT, seventh year for Jalen Brown. Um, building a championship ain't easy. We won our first championship in Steph's fifth year. But, like, do that really happen? LeBron won his first championship in year eight. Nine? Year nine? Michael Jordan won his first championship in year eight? Seven or eight? It takes time to win a championship. With these guys, I personally do all I can to try to keep it together. Now, you got the new rules coming into place. Second apron and all of that stuff. So those decisions will be that that will factor into decisions. So you got the new rules coming into place. But I think when you find some guys that you can get there with, which they have, then you have to find pieces that you can get it done with. So you found guys that you can get there with. Now find pieces that's going to help you get it done. And by the way, that may be a leader, like. That can be so many different things. It can be a couple role players. I auto like ex, like Auto Porter, like Gary Payton, um, Neymanya Bielisa, 
Juan Toscano Anderson, Damian Lee. Like, you're finding pieces that's helping you propel you. So I'm not one to just jump off a bandwagon and be like, oh, no, you break it up. Because do you know how hard it is to put that back together and then actually get there again? It's a very hard thing to do, which is why most people don't get there, let alone win it. So I am not of uh, I am not one that's always on that bandwagon. I've heard people like, oh, they need leadership. They don't have a leader. And quite frankly, here's the thing that I say to those people. Or they'll say like, because they don't listen to Al Horford. And I tell people, I actually think they do have a leader in Al Horford. I actually think they do listen to Al Horford. Um, however, I think they get to a certain point to where Al Horford can no longer say, like, a part of leading is also, like, speaking from experience, like, experience or experiencing things and knowing what to draw from to get through that situation. And Al Horford has the same finals experiences that all of those guys have. So you get to a certain point and, like, if you don't have anything to draw from, then either your guys don't necessarily feel it when you're speaking that, like, from that perspective, or they see through it, right? Like, and so I don't think Al Horford's not a leader. I don't think they don't listen to Al Horford. They get to a certain point and, like, that's where Al's experience stops. So if that's where his experience stops, then where do you draw from there? And so I think it's more that than they don't have a leader. But like I said, you, 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 you figure it out through pieces. You don't figure it out by abandoning everything that you've had. I, I just don't think that's the way to go. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast 
NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just a reminder, you can catch me recording this podcast live on AMP. AMP is a new live radio app that lets you call in and chat with me in person while I'm recording. Get the app on Apple's App Store and make sure to follow me at at Draymond Green to get notified when I go live. NBA Finals, Nuggets versus Heat. Some interesting matchups in this one. Uh, I think, I, I mean, obviously, Bam starts on Joker. Um, unlike uh, last series where AD isn't quite as comfortable out on the floor, like out in space, Bam can guard guards. So with Bam guarding guards, he'll be very comfortable guarding Joker in space. So whereas Joker's advantage was in space in the last series at the top of the key, in the mid post, actually operating in space, I think that's that's actually to Bam's advantage this series. Joker's advantage this series um, against Bam would be to use his size, like get as deep post touches as you can get. Um, you know, trying to uh, use his size and physicality as an advantage versus Bam. Because in space, Bam's fast, he's strong, he's athletic. So I think in, in space, Bam can win that. He's not as as tall as Joker. He doesn't weigh as much as Joker. Um, Joker plays like he plays off of contact. He don't necessarily play through contact. He plays off of contact. He looks for contact for rhythm and like, you know, if he's posting you up and you're hitting, you know, and he's backing down and you're using a lot of force, he rolls off, right? Like, so he, he counter, he plays counteracts off of physicality. And so I think with that, that would then allow him to use his nimbleness. Because if Bam is getting super physical to combat the size, now that allows Joker, whereas he's not fast as Bam, moves laterally like Bam, now that allows, because Bam's probably leaning in to use all of his force, now that allows him to use all of his counters. And so I think that'll be a fun matchup to watch. Um... And then I also think with Bam handling the ball as much as he do, he pulls Joker out from the rim. And now you put Joker, they run a lot of handoff stuff with Bam for threes with those guards chasing behind. If Joker's down the floor, that can cause some issues. 
if they now start running those things and it starts to cause some issues and now Joker starts working up, now you get Bam in the pocket. Bam flourishes in the pocket. So I think um, Bam can cause some issues with his ball handling and pulling Joker away from the rim and then playmaking out of that. I think that uh, that will be an advantage that Bam has. Uh, would Miami Heat be able to capitalize on that? Um, I think with Jamal Murray, they won't start Jimmy on him. I think there will be times throughout this series where Jimmy will end up on Jamal Murray. But I, I definitely don't think you start Jimmy on Jamal Murray. Is that your adjustment? Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they stick with the same starting lineup. Caleb, Caleb Martin in the starting lineup, he's been playing really well. And quite frankly, that allows him to guard Jamal Murray. So I think um, we will definitely see some of that. I'll see, see Gabe Vincent guarding uh, KCP and Max Struess on Michael Porter Jr. That's an important matchup, and I'll tell you why. Michael Porter Jr. is really important to the Denver, what the Denver Nuggets does because it's the shooting that they need. And Michael Porter Jr., most people put small defenders on Michael Porter Jr. They put smaller defenders because he's very jump shot dominant. He sometimes gets to a spot and he just raises up over the smaller defenders. It's an easy shot for him. Be that Max Struess is a little bigger in size, I think that helps them with Michael Porter Jr. Because you do have size, he can't just get to his spot and raise up. Max Struess is also a little stronger than most of the smaller guys that end up on Michael Porter Jr. So I think that's actually a very important matchup to watch. Both of those guys shoot the three. Who will shoot it better? Um, they'll probably guard each other. That'll be an interesting one to watch. I think Jimmy will start on Aaron Gordon, which is, um, which will allow Jimmy to play defense the way he plays, uh, get in the passing lanes, float and roam a little bit. Um, he'll have to be physical with Aaron Gordon, which Jimmy's a very physical guy. And so I think that that's that's another matchup there to watch. Uh, how Jimmy's handling the physicality, which Jimmy will handle physicality. That's what Jimmy does. I also think, um, but I also I think on the other end, it'll be interesting to see. But I think KCP will probably start on Jimmy. KCP is a hound. KCP's physical, but maybe you do start. If 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 you're starting Aaron Gordon on Jimmy, see my adjustment would be Aaron Gordon, right? But if you're starting Aaron Gordon on Jimmy and that doesn't work, then you go to KCP. If Jimmy has his confidence rolling because he got going on Aaron Gordon, now he's going to post KCP. He's going to try to get KCP in there and use use his shoulder, use his size against KCP. So my adjustment, my I would rather go KCP and my adjustment be Aaron Gordon. But it'll be interesting to see how they match up with that. Um, One thing interesting about Miami lineup rolling into this NBA Finals is Tyler Hero's coming back. Now, that's a very dicey thing when you've missed the amount of time that Tyler Hero has and you've gotten the rhythm that the guys have gotten into. Duncan Robinson, uh, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess. Kyle Lowry, all the guys, like guys off the bench, Caleb Martin, like all of those guys are in rhythm. So if I'm the Miami Heat, some of my friends was asking me, like, what do you do with Tyler Hero? Like, do you not, do you not, do you not bring Tyler Hero back? Uh, what, what, what do you do? 
with Tyler Hero. And I said, um, for me personally, I would bring him back. Like, he's too talented not to bring back. But I wouldn't slot him into rotation. Why wouldn't I slot him into rotation? Well, again, remember all the guys that I just spoke about having a rhythm. I don't want to mess with that rhythm. So what I'm going to save Tyler Hero for is, <clears throat> is when I need um, a spark. Like if I need a spark. Say we go down 1-0, we go down 2-0, we need a spark. Tyler comes in, he gets it going. That can change everything for you. But if you go Tyler Hero and it doesn't go wrong, I mean, it doesn't go right, so then do you back out of it? And if you back out of it, then when do you go back? Can you go back? Do you go back? Because naturally you're going to be like, well, the guys we were winning with were X, Y, and Z. So now we're going to go to them. But then when do you go back? So that's why I think... Does the score of the series matter to you for that? Like if the Heat are down 0-2 versus if it's 1-1, or if they happen to be up 2-0, does that impact your thinking if, about bringing Tyler Hero back? If you up 2-0, you don't, you don't... If you up 2-0, you don't mess with that. What if it's 1-1? If, you, if you're down 0-2, if you're down 0-2... You definitely mess with it. And if it's 1-1, you don't mess with it because 1-1 means you went on the road and did what you're supposed to do. You went on the road and won a game. You don't go on the road to win two, although they just did. You go on the road with the idea that we have to get one of these to still home court advantage. So if you're a 1-1, I still don't mess with that. It's like once you get in a desperate situation where you're like, yo, we need, we need a boost. We need a shift. And, 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 and if we can't, if 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 we if we can't get this boost, let's try Tyler. Because we know Tyler's instant offense. He can come in the game and get it going. But I just don't think you you mess with these guys' rhythm. Like they just made it to the NBA finals. You're gonna mess with the rhythm now? I personally don't think that's the right thing to do. So Suit him up. You're up. You're now. Well, one second. Suit him up. You're ready to go. You can get in. But I'm not sure when you're going in. Then the question becomes: Does Tyler Hero accept that? Because you run into those issues all the time in this league. Does he accept that? If he doesn't accept that. Number one, it's just kind of tough not to accept that. You're in the NBA Finals, man. You got to do what you have to do to win the game. So for you, stay ready. Stay ready. So I hope Tyler Hero accepts that. I hope that's what the Miami do, the Miami Heat do, because I think that's what gives them the best chance of winning. You've rolled this far with the guys you've been rolling with. You don't reward those guys for helping you get to the NBA Finals with, oh, by the way, your minutes are getting cut short because we're now in the NBA Finals going to bring Tyler Hero back, which is cutting into your minutes. No, you bring Hero back if stuff goes wrong. Because at the end of the day, Tyler Hero is a huge reason why you are where you are, although he hasn't been available from a lot of playoffs. He's a huge reason why you are where you are. Brother, you still committed. I mean, you still produce and 
added value to us winning this championship. Without you, we would not be here. And I hope he can understand that. Sometimes it's hard for guys to understand that, let alone younger guys. But I hope he understand that. And, you know, in winning a championship, there are times where people have to sacrifice. And if you can't sacrifice, you don't win. And I think that is the Miami Heat sacrifice that they're going to have to make. That's where things get dicey. That's where lines get blurred. And that's where you're going to need the sacrifice. And it'll be important for Tyler Hero to do that. Miami Heat have a winning culture. I think they are more than capable of having those tough conversations. And what's understood is understood there. So I think it all works out in the end. Um. I really expect a big series from Jamal Murray. I really expect a big series from uh, Joker. Before we get out of here, I think the thing that makes this series more interesting than most people would think is going to be is that both teams' role players have played extremely well. Which role players will play better is that we'll see. But both teams' role players leading up to this have played really well. And the team role players that plays better will ultimately um, <clears throat> will ultimately be the one who takes this series. I am, quite frankly, I'm still, like, working through this and trying to figure it all out and, like, looking at these different matchups and stuff. So I'm not quite sure yet who I'm ready to go with to win this series because I'm still dissecting it and looking at this thing and that thing. Like, there's some things for me to look at and, like, possible adjustments. Like, I haven't gotten an opportunity to, like, look at, okay, so if this happens, this adjustment needs to happen. And, like, the chess match that goes on that can affect this series, um, I haven't necessarily gotten that opportunity yet. So uh, whether – I don't think we'll do another pod before game one. Um, And so if we don't, which I'm almost certain we won't, uh, I will make sure I get you, you all a prediction on who I think will win this series, even if it just have to go on a Draymond show, Instagram, uh, and it just be a social hit. I'll make sure I get you all a prediction before the series start. Mark my word. I'm a man of it. I got you. Until next time, congratulations to the Miami Heat. Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets on advancing to the NBA Finals. Boston Celtics fans, especially those of you that are in that arena. Until next time, that's a wrap. Peace. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at first first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, 
it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.